Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Life is miserable, it's cold, it's winter now, so me and my podcasting partner Stu, because I'm Bradley and I'm butchering another intro, are here to bring you a bit of warmth. Um, how goes it, Stu? <laughs> Better than last week, yeah. So the COVID is on its way out, which is nice. Ding dong, the COVID's dead kind of thing. Which is good. Uh, it's not too far off of Christmas, so yeah, things are brightening up. Can't complain. Excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, well, I, I've decided I'm chosen now to get a stupid, sexy cold. So, yeah, stupid, sexy Bradley. Fun. Yeah, yes. Less, uh, less of the sexy, please. Just stupid. <laughs> yeah, well, that's easily accomplished. Yeah. Um, so, right before we get going. Um, little insight into my brain how how an adhd brain especially decides it doesn't want to work with other parts of the brain and communicate properly um so yesterday me and lorraine went into into town to get a bit of food shopping i decided to go for a coffee beforehand and everything so we have our coffee and then we head to tesco other supermarkets exist blah 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 um head to tesco and we're in there and low starts sending me she goes oh when i was in here a few days ago uh we saw the charmander uh with with a hat on now my brain was going all right okay so what was that a cuddly toy or was it like someone doing like cosplay for an event or something like that that was what my brain was thinking what came out of my mouth was stupidly excitedly going what the real charmander <laughs> yeah, was he there to do it like a public appearance kind of thing? Yeah, the real Charmander. Oh my dear Christ! <laughs> Why? What? Who? How? That's, I'm forty-one that, yeah. years old, and I'm getting like I, I couldn't comprehend the idea that there wasn't a real Charmander. <laughs> it's quite touching that you'd think he exists. It's kind of sweet. Yeah. But my brain wasn't saying that. My mouth just went, uh, watch this. <coughs> oh, like the fact that your mouth would just jump in. Oh, that's, yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, it's the only thing I can think of because my brain was going cuddly toy or cosplay. My mouth just went, nah. That's I ace. don't think so. I've got to know now, what? though. Was it What was it in the end? Oh, no, it was a cuddly toy she was telling right. me about. Okay, okay. Um, but, yeah. And then she started taking me around going, shall we go to the toys now so we can see the real Charmander? <laughs> yeah, that's I'm it. I'm not going to leave this one down, am I? Got that for weeks now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's our Christmas entertainment sorted. Sweet. Um, do you know what Charmander appears in, Stu? What's that? A series of animes called Pokemon, right? And do you know what else Pokemon is? What? It's a series of comics, right? But do you know what else Pokemon is, Stu? Go on. It's a trading card game, Stu. Ah. Right. But do you know what Pokemon is mostly famous for? What's that? Video games, Stu. Oh, video games, Brad. Yes. Video games. That's right. That's right. So which of these mystical beings have you been playing? <laughs> None of the Pokemans. I've never played a Pokemon game properly. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. It's never? Nope, nope, never. No. Right, Stu won't be here next week, everybody. It's time to dump me off. Well, it's probably quite a long time past dumping me are off. Are you even called Stu? Are you even, are you, like, 
What are you? Are you a child? I know. I know. It's you terrible. You've played Fortnite and Call of Duty. <laughs> I feel like I've let the side down. Um, yes. Yeah, no, it's never really appealed. But yeah, maybe one day you never know. Never know. But such is their popularity, you know what the Pokemons are. This is it. I always will. But They're like the Beatles. That's right. Have they? Do they still have like a TV show? Is there still like cartoons and stuff? No. Obviously, you've got John Lennon's dead, so they can't. Oh, I see. Who is John? The John Lennon of the Pokemans. Oh, that's a good. Oh, that's a good point. Because I don't know. Because it's like if you Snorlax. Said, right. I'm going to say okay. Snorlax because he spends quite a lot of time trying to sleep, and John Lennon spent a year in bed. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, let's go Snorlax. Cool. We'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) What have you been playing, Stu, apart from no Pokemon? (laughs) Apart from no Pokemon, a few things. And the first one is a game called Impaler, which has a very, very metal name, which is great. I love it. Uh, But it's not as metal as you'd expect. It is an arena shooter, boomer shooter style thing done in that kind of build engine style of like Duke Nukem but is brand new and it's a wrinkle for a first person shooter arena shooter thing is that you're an impaler it's really funny that isn't it like actually you know it ties in nicely so you got it's an impaler so you got two weapons uh, your your second weapon, as it were, is always like a gun of some doomy type of description. Like, you know, it's like a submachine gun or a shotgun or all that. But your primary weapon and that you always have is a gun that fires spikes up from the ground. And the, the way that the game plays out is it's all about kind of the, the kind of... What's it called? Like an adventure playground-y kind of thing. It's like there are always blocks dropping from the ceiling or coming up from the ground or coming out from the sides just reconfiguring and reshaping this space because you're in like it feels like a kind of like a fun house yeah well well yeah sort of yeah you feel like you're in a kind of big hall that you know it's like when you go to um like a christening or something <laughs> and you've got like uh, this great big empty space and people try and fill it with as much as they can to make it more fun and it's kind of like that and they you Sorry, know i'm watching i'm watching the uh, screenshots and videos and you've just said it's like a christening i now want to go to more christenings i know right <laughs> if they were more like this they would be much more entertaining oh, yeah God. yeah yeah um so yeah it's kind of like um things drop from the ceiling as i say and stuff like that so there's like barriers and there's kind of little cages and it's all it's all played for fun, you know. It's all very OTT and silly and stuff like that. With yeah. um, the sprites, because they're done like sprites, really flat shaded sprites. Um, they're done in a kind of entertainingly over the top kind of a way, and the blood is all over the top and everything. Um, but the as I say, the wrinkle comes from the fact that it's this really big space. And it's vertically quite big as well. And you can very, very quickly in the game, you can use your spikes to propel you into the into the air to get over barriers and stuff like that. So you have to use the barriers to your own effect sometimes, like keep some of the tougher enemies behind them while you're fighting off a load of grunts. Um, sometimes you have to jump over them so you can get to the creatures to kill them. And they obviously, they come in waves, you know, so uh, it's a wave shooter as well. Um, the thing is... 
it's really, really good. It's really fantastic. I've really been enjoying playing it. Um, it just, it's got that one more go factor right up the wazoo because the, you um, you unlock stuff. You know, you unlock more weaponry, and then you can choose which one to take into battle. So there's a little tiny roguelite kind of aspect to it. The the best thing about it is the impaler weapon is both clever and fun and never feels either over or underpowered. It always feels like it's it's doing the right level of damage. So it's satisfying to use um, without just being, oh, well, I don't need anything else or feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm nowhere until I pick up this weapon, you know. So uh, the, the kind of, the waves are kind of relentless, but you get to judge when you go, like a little symbol appears when you've completed a wave and you don't go on to the next wave until you walk through it. So you do have a moment to breathe. Um, but it still feels quite relentless. So uh, in these things, it's always a balance, balancing act, and the developers just got it absolutely nailed on. You know, they've done it really, really well. I- I'm very, very impressed. There's a lot of skill gone into this. So something I'm tempted to do on the website um, is to put up a series of awards we will give games, and this will make sense in a second. Uh, so we might do it for like games that have good accessibility and stuff like that. It's something I'm planning on doing. Now, we often give an award uh, verbally on the podcast to games that are, let's say, really entertaining, really fun at a certain price. Does this fit into that category? Is it a cup of coffee game? Uh, almost. I think it's slightly more than that, even. Um, it's £2.49. Is it's it? ridiculous. By God, that's incredible. That's incredible. I would say that it, it certainly is that, and the only way it could go from that is up as well. You know, it might become your new obsession and you play it for 20 hours or something. Whereas a lot of our cup of coffee games, we've like, oh, well, you know, it's got some really good ideas, but it's, yeah, and it's £2.50 and you'll you play it like now and again and, you know, you'll get some enjoyment from it. Whereas this is like, I would recommend most people buy it because it's great fun and you'll get a lot currently on sale at £2.24 that's wow that's insane it's normal price is £2.49 that's ridiculous it is I would wait until it goes up in price and give the man some extra money um but yeah I I mean I I'm looking at it and I I I saw I saw it um and I know I gave you the code because I just I had too much on my plate, and I'm not very good at FPS games, um, on the whole anyway. But it's this: it's like if I play this and I only get half an hour out of it, I still feel like I've had my money's worth. Yeah, um, it looks so fun. Pick up and play, um, and like it's yeah, so like two pound forty nine. You you say. It's a shit cup of coffee price. You get a good <laughs> cup of coffee for that. I know. Yeah, no, it's really good. I, I think. I think, like you know, as I say, it's got its fundamentals all completely right, which is difficult when you're doing something that isn't. You know, like the impale mechanic is not something that you see in games very often. You know that thing. No. Um, but I think the, the kind of genius, as it were, that comes from it is. As I say, it's got a lot of vertical space, which isn't used in games very much, and it uses it very, very well, it very, very cleverly. Um, so you you might look at videos of it and go, oh yeah, no, it's fun, but you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's an FPS with a couple of new wrinkles. But actually, that whole verticality and things appearing out of thin air and dropping, and you know, the way that you navigate that vertical space is is quite new as well. I would say so. 
I would say if you're into FPSs at all whatsoever, definitely, definitely, definitely give it a go. And it runs perfectly on deck as well. Yeah, see, this, uh, what I like is it's um, it's not actually verified. It's still unknown at the moment. Uh, yeah. But yeah. It, they've given themselves, or someone's given it a well, best on deck. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. If, if, if you're unsure, you need to check these things. It's, yeah. it's, it's not deck verified, but apparently it works absolutely wonderful and it's full controller support and everything. It is out of the box. The only issue is it doesn't... I, I've not really dug in, but I don't think there's any particular accessibility options. I mean, mainly because it doesn't need them from a text point of view because there isn't any text. It's yep. just, you know, shoot things. Um, but it doesn't have any, like, colorblind options. It is quite dark. Um, it could do with, like, a high contrast mode, I would say. Uh, somebody who doesn't have sight issues, but immediately I thought, well, oof, if I if I did, high contrast would be a good, good thing for this. Um, yep. So, yeah, I think that's the only drawback. Uh, hopefully something that can be added in the future yes i mean that that's an interesting thing actually because obviously we will call out and we will say when these things are missing or they're not needed but at the price it is it's clearly a very small budget thing does that become more forgivable than a, you know a well-known indie that's got a couple of games behind it or definitely a AAA or anything like that are you is it something you could go that's fair enough or should these still be called out do you reckon it's, it's very fine line this one isn't it it is a fine line i think it's worth calling out as long as you're doing it in uh in the purest sense of it constructive yeah, yeah constructive like, yeah. yeah this this doesn't exist sort of thing you're giving it for the benefit of the people because i mean we're given these codes so that we can review them you know we don't and yeah. we don't pay for them um and our only responsibility is trying with your soul <laughs> yeah well the only you know responsibility is to tell the truth about them so that you can benefit yeah. the, the buying public and yeah i would say it's worth calling it out um i i don't know much about the process but i would guess every time you add something new as the developer you have to play practically the entire game through again just to make sure it doesn't break yeah. stuff you know you can't afford to have play testers you might be able to give it to some of your mates but that's it and they've only got limited time and you know all of this and that's where money comes and capitalism comes in um yeah. so i'm not being critical at all um but yeah you might struggle if you do have vision issues i would say I'll tell you what, I mean, for two two pound odd, I think I've got a few pence credit on my uh, Steam account as well through, like, trading cards. So I'm, I'm going to pick it up and I'll, I'll report back either next week or the week after and how I found it with vision issues. Uh, because yeah. looking at the screenshots and looking at the videos, it looks playable to me. Good. Good. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, no, it's... um uh, the, the sprites are very bright and... I you know, I just I can't comment it because I'm not knowledgeable enough. But no. uh, fingers crossed, it it can hit the largest number of people. Yeah, I mean that's interesting as well. Which just to carry on on the accessibility quickly is sometimes like people might go, but you don't call out every game that doesn't have it. Sometimes I found that certain games have been designed with accessibility in mind, so it's not it doesn't need to be added to the options. Yeah. So it's I'm going to talk about one in a minute that. Um, I'm not going to call out for accessibility despite not having it because it has things like dark uh, text boxes and dark menus built in, um, yeah. which is really good. Um, and so I don't need to call it out because that's gone like people who can read can 
pretty much, you know, read light text or dark. But people with vision issues can't really read dark text on light, etc. So to then go, right, let's actually think about that in what our game design means you don't need to have it as an accessibility option. That isn't the only problem, but we don't need to call those out when they've actually baked those into the actual game design as well. So, you know, this might be one where I play it and go from my point of view. Do you know what? No, that's fine. It's nailed it accessibility wise. I can't talk for people with hearing issues, um, certain learning difficulties, etc., etc., moto functioning skills and stuff like that. I can't talk for those. I can only talk about my experiences when it comes to this. Um, but, yeah, I will give this one a go and report back next week or the week after. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely worth giving it a go. Definitely. I'd give him the sales even if you find you can't <laughs> really play it. Yes, I'll give him the sales and they go, all right. I've said I've said the dead rat. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh no, don't um, don't it's not morbid time. Don't don't do a what's it called? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right, anyway, moving on. Have you ever heard of a little game that's been out for so 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 long and didn't actually realise graphics existed until just recently called Dwarf Fortress? Oh yeah. I've been playing Dwarf Fortress. Oh. Uh I say to play Dwarf Fortress. I've been trying to understand Dwarf Fortress and my brain is melting. Um, anyway, right, let's get to it. Dwarf Fortress um, has been out for donkey years um, and it was ASCII, is it, they used for it? Yeah, yeah, ASCII characters, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was really popular but inaccessible to everyone bar about the six people who understood what it was um, but it became hugely popular I think because it was like in terms of its systems and stuff like that it was incredibly in depth um, and I always looked at it and just went <laughs> nah. uh, but they've just released a Steam version or a modern version whatever they're calling it which adds graphics Stu um, it's like actual graphics uh, 2D top-down sprite-based graphics, but actual graphics. Right. Um, it's like they've looked at it and gone, oh, the 90s have happened. Um, Only 30 years late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, honestly, it's like it's like the jump from Mega Drive to PlayStation 1 in terms of leaps um, from what it was before. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's so... Listen, gameplay-wise, I... I yeah. I, I can't comment on that. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I'm struggling. I'm rubbish at it. Um, it's frustrating. But I think that's the point of the game. Um, but in terms of it's now got an onboarding process, so it's got a tutorial now to get you on board. And that's really good. It brings you in. And I'm getting to, like, I've replayed the tutorial about three, four times so far, like the early parts. Um, and it, it works pretty well in, as an onboarding process, and I'm getting to understand bits a bit more. Um, and it's like you get an understanding of how in-depth this game is. It's like you can zoom in and out of the world, and that's a different layer of the world, but it's like 40 to 60 different layers or something from like way up in the sky to way down to like the crust of whatever the world is. Not the crust, the core, sorry, of whatever the world is. Um and you might build, I don't know, you might build yourself a base underground at layer 20. 
Uh, but then you need to sort of like send your, your your people out to cut down trees on layer 22 because that's where the trees are. And then they've got to make their way through and you only get to see it at this layer. And it's just like really mind-blowingly in depth. Uh, but the reason I wanted to play this was how accessible is these sort, are these sort of games for people like myself or on Steam Deck because that's pretty much where we're covering games at the moment. Uh, <clears throat> and... <clears throat> Excuse me. This one surprisingly on Steam Deck worked really, really well. Um, it's the first time I think I've played a uh, like a resource management economy colony sim type thing on Steam Deck and not had issues with the menu layout, understanding what's what, etc., etc. And going through the game, menus like tutorial shows you what's what, what on the menus really well. Um, it explains things well and it's like it's very much a right the tutorial is we want you to build a workshop and the tutorial basically automatically goes right to build a workshop click this icon or press this keyboard button so you go and press the button it ticks it and then it goes right now select this and ticks this and automatically then goes right okay now click next on the tutorial box we need to make sure you've understood this do the next bit and it takes you through in such a really good way now, there's a lot of text also, and it is smallish text, but it's readable-ish without using any kind of magnification tool. Um, it's light text on dark um, across the board, which is really, really good. And they've used a font that is designed for readability. Um, now, a lot of games don't really consider the font they're using yeah that they have here uh because obviously the original dwarf fortress used text characters for the entire thing um so they've kind of kept that with its menu text items and stuff like that which makes it readable because they was on low res monitors back in the day you know it would have been um scale it had to be scalable to sort of like loads of different size screens etc etc and that's what they've got here. Now, I do need to use the magnification tool, but I find I'm only having to use it just to clarify things. On the whole, I can almost read it. Now, I've got vision issues, so I can almost read it without that. And what I would argue is it could do with a UI scaler that gives you maybe up to double the size of the font or even a third of the size of the font just to improve that readability a little bit but yeah. it for this is on steam deck um and it's far from the most egregious issue i've had with like games like this before and yeah playable wise really good they've just released a steam deck controller setting for it um our community based one anyway uh yeah i'm really enjoying it and it's for the first time I found one on deck that's like a colonizer game um, that I can play um, and play on the Steam Deck without feeling like I'm compromising it. So, yeah, really, really good. Cool. Yeah, no, it's one of those that I've always been glad of its existence and never really been interested in, but, you know, interest, intrigued that it exists and glad mm. that it exists. The only question I have is, like, does it have a win condition or is it one of those things like SimCity where it's just permanent and actually that has a win condition. I've just never been good enough to do it. But you know, yeah, no, can you, can you win or is it just perpetual? 
I've, I've not even finished the tutorial yet, so I don't know. <laughs> Let's enough. say no. Uh, I believe you lose a lot. Uh, that much I, I understand. Uh, I don't know. I honestly, it feels like it will continue to evolve um, as you play it. Uh, the world is massive, by the way. Um, and every new game, it, it actually simulates the world. Um, so it's not just randomly generated. It kind of simulates like the birth of the world and then creates a backstory for the first hundred years of that of that world and then you come into it and whatever the hundred years has been built up is what you go into wow so you could have like war infections and stuff like that you could have pollution all those like loads of different kind of things um and it changes the world you might play for every time you play it um and yeah it's like it's such a clever game and again what i think it shows is what you could do when you don't care about graphics you know you're not trying to be sony microsoft ea ubiscum or or any of those where you're trying to make like photorealistic graphics when you go actually what if we put all of the extra memory bandwidth power we've got and knowledge into making the gameplay mechanics deeper the systems deeper make it all come together in a more organic way and that's what this is all about um and their years of experience of doing, actually, let's not do graphics. We spoke about it before. Can you replace this game with just boxes and does it play well? Then you've made a good game. You've made an excellent game. This is what these have done. They've started with that 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 ethos and then decided to add the, the touches to it. So, and it works for it. And it's brilliant. For someone who can't get into these games or is rubbish at these games, I will be rubbish at this, but I want to play more of it. Lovely. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, have they got any grand plans for it? Are they going to try and expand the graphical system even further, or are they going to keep it on the on the lower level so that it's accessible for people? Do you know? So it took them nineteen years to get to this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe we might get a low polygon version or a sixteen bit sprite version. In around twenty, let's say forty-one. Let's let's give it that. So tune back to us then, and we'll let you know. I'll be dead, long dead by then. But uh, yeah, no, that's. Uh, I was that's on about cool. twenty forty-one tonight. I'll be long dead. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know if they'll continue to improve the graphics or, or what they'll do. Um, but you know, this is definitely a team that's in this for the long haul, and so so good good on them you know this is what you do they've got a passion project and they've gone look we're not compromising what we do and they've nailed it absolutely nailed it nice two games have completely nailed it and with Impaler that's very appropriate yes definitely Uh, this is 25 quid by the way Um, it's not quite coffee cup game Um, you'd have to sit in the coffee shop for quite a while yeah yeah very good so next up Stu so next up is one called the Night Witch, uh, as in K N I G H T, um, which is a strange, strange kind of bullet hell side scrolling shooter, or kind of a tiny bit like Bungayo, but less less arcade focused, a little bit more kind of progressively focused. And so basically, what you are is yeah, you're kind of one of an uh, 
an order of uh, of witches who is trying to protect their world. There's quite a lot of story to it. I don't really pay a lot of attention. I never really do in these things. Um, it's great. I always start with like the best intentions. I'm like, right, I'm going to absorb this story. It's going to be important to me. It will increase my immersion in the whole thing. I don't know, yeah, after five minutes, I'm just like, let me shoot stuff. So, yeah, yeah that's exactly what I'm like. And it's published by Team 17. It's very... It's gorgeously presented it's you know sprite based it's very kind of edging towards the vanilla wear style of you know incredibly detailed uh fairy like sprites and yeah. yeah so what you do is you you move from area to area it kind of it has a little bit of an exploration thing going on and uh yeah you, you you kind of shoot stuff but you've got a secondary weapon system which is based around magical items that you have like magical cards and you can yeah they're kind of secondary weapons and they they're on a cooldown you can choose the deck of cards which is your deck of weapons basically and yeah fly, you fly float fly slash float around you know doing doing the shooty stuff and yeah it's very 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 lovely looking and it's very very challenging as you'd expect because it's bullet hell so i'm not the best at bullet hell shooters like i i think the key to bullet hell shooters is recognizing that you have you know only a tiny hitbox and you have to get comfortable with letting weaponry bullets and stuff fly past parts of your character sprite and not go oh my god that's going to kill me and, and try and dodge out the way which just gets you killed and I've never really got over that I've never re- really had the confidence um, so that yeah I'm not very good at them um, but it's very gorgeous it's it's nicely done it throws enough different types of enemies at you to be quite interesting although the bullets tend to be the same as where I've played up to so far you know there's no kind of like weird and wacky weaponry I've come up against so far, although, yeah, I'm fairly early on. Um, The only problem, and I say only problem, it's a fairly big problem, is, right, so everyone used to play, or has played, shooters in from the 80s or 90s particularly the yeah. 90s right everyone's played them whether it's yeah you are types and stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah. or does, yeah. you know riding or anything you know anything at all really anything that you, you you've touched upon you know even if you're like eight years old you'll have played something on uh, a nintendo system everybody's done it and what you'll remember from those games is that your ship is like blue the backgrounds are gray the enemies are orange and their bullets are bright blue or whatever. And yeah, okay, it might mean that all these games can kind of blur into one unless you're an aficionado. But the thing is, when you make games really, really difficult, you need bright pink bullets because you've got to be able to see where they are in your peripheral vision. And Night Witch has not gone for that. It has gone for a thing where, not of realism, because it's cartoonish, but it's more realistic than there should be. There's not separation of that crazy kind of bullets of bright pink variety. And therefore, you have to stare much more closely at stuff, see where it's coming from, than you should. Um, now, it's it's a gorgeous game, but that's kind of form over function. That's kind of aesthetics before you know practicality. 
and it does make it much more difficult than it should be because sometimes you know you're trying to use your peripheral vision and you only notice a bullet and it's right on top of you sort of a thing um and yeah i i kind of understand where they're coming from but i think it's a mistake i don't think there's a an option i'll check i'll double check if there's an option in the settings there should be there should be you should have the option to change it so that all enemies have like a bright outline or all and all the bullets are bright pink or whatever it just should be done it just should be done but it's a good game the mechanics are good it looks gorgeous but yeah i'd say for a shooter i think you need to think about that simplicity first before you think about anything else yeah see right this is where i struggle with these you have played a lot of uh, like vertical and horizontal shooters. You, you quite like those games. This is, you said, a more of a bullet. Hell. What, what's the difference, Stu? So, from what I de- how I describe them, a bullet hell shooter is one where it fills. It's more like a puzzle game. It kind of fills the screen with with bullets, and your you're kind of like, it's not like a thing where, oh, you've got an environment, oh, you're trying to dodge meteors and ships and, you know, buildings and all this and, and shoot enemies who are shooting back at you. It's more like, it's a blank screen of like, no, you don't have to worry about the physical stuff apart from the bullets. And there are always an over num- overwhelming number of them and you have to navigate through them. That's That's kind of what it is. That's what a bullet hell is. Right, okay, that makes more sense. So, like, 19, let's, look, I'm going to pick one of them out and I'm going to alienate someone who's going to go, that's the wrong one. But it's like 1943 is a pure uh, shooter, vertical shooter, um, whereas this is more like a bang IO, which is a bullet hell. Yeah, yeah, to to a degree, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, I was like, because I looked at this and as soon as I saw someone dodging bullets, I just went, oh, I'm giving this to shoot. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it looks to me like when I saw the the name of it, I saw the artwork. I thought, oh, this is going to be some kind of Metroidvania um, type platformer. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks like it should be something completely different to what it is. Yes, it does. It does. It, it has that aesthetic of a of an exploration game, and you do do a, a very minor part, a bit of exploration when you've destroyed everything in the area. You know, that's the kind of that's the way it plays it, and you have little conversations with characters in the environment and stuff. But that's after the actual gameplay bit has been done. Um, it's quite a novel approach, and it's not a bad idea. Um, I'm not sure how well it all coheres. I need to give it a bit more time. Um, but the 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 core mechanics are really good. I think what they've done really well is that you, your card system, your your secondary weapons that are on cooldown are good. You know they've got lots of different fire modes. They've got you know different area effects. They they feel punchy. They feel like they have an actual impact. Um, your controls are good as well, and you've got like a you, you pick up a dash move later on. You start with a lot of moves, and they get stripped from you, and then you learn. You know what they are and how to use them properly as you go along um but yeah no it's got all of the the fundamentals down nicely yeah yeah it, it's it's quite a satisfying game to play it's just as i say the visuals can make it they're too good <laughs> you know it's too yeah, pretty too good for what it is yeah 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 maybe they need to do an ascii version yeah i think that'd be a good a good idea um yeah no i would say flipping it so that you've got 
easy to see bullets is with the best and easiest things that they could possibly do. Fair enough. Yeah, well, you know, it looks interesting. It's just definitely it's way out of my realm, unfortunately. So I don't think it's one I'm even going to attempt. Unless I get it, you know, uh, as a humble freebie or something like that at some point. But yeah, no, at the moment, mm. Mm. I will not. Yeah. Um, so moving on. A game I did want to talk about, but I've got to wait till next week because of embargo dates. Just missing out was called Wavetail. I look forward to that next week because I really like it. Uh, but. This week, I'm going to talk about a game who's got a title that, tell you what, let's play the Can Brad Pronounce It game. Here we go. It's called Toggies, Togs, Toges, Toges. I don't know. Toges, <laughs> Togges. How's it spelled? I don't know. How's it spelled? T-O-double-G-E-S. Toggies, Toggies, Toggies. I don't know. Torres. I don't know. Oh. I have no idea. But anyway, <laughs> what you've got here is a uh, 3D puzzle platformer. Um, now, here's a thing about me. I love platformers. I love puzzle games. I, for some reason, never really get on with puzzle platformers. Never got on with them. It's I, I don't know why. I, I don't know what's wrong with me or them. But I just never got on with them. So... I kind of took this and went, oh, do you know what? It looks fun and cute. So let's give it a go. Let's give it a go and see what it's like. And to my surprise, it's wonderful, this game. Togges, Toj, Toj, Tuje, Tuje, whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> they're called the developers are called Regular Studio, but they could do with naming their game a bit more regularly. Um, but it's kind of got this... Um, before you even get into it, it's kind of when you start the game, it's got this this setup, and I'm like, I think I've seen this setup somewhere before. So tell me if you've heard this one before, Stu. So you're this little thing, and you've got to go on these. You're sent down to go on these adventures around this this giant world that's giant to you anyway. And there's this like king of a cosmos that needs you to do things to save the galaxy. Bloody um, hell! You know. It, surprisingly, this game called Katamari is a lot easier to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's so ironic. Um, yeah, it's the whole setup to it. It's like, uh, yeah, I see what you've done there. Okay, I'm down with it. Uh, you have to go to different islands, stroke planets, and uh, yeah, it's it knows what it's doing there, I think. Um, if not, someone should show them what they've done. But yeah, really good game. So the idea is you're this little block thing. Um, uh, you can produce more blocks as you as you go around the level, and you have to lay blocks down to then get on top of other blocks to reach areas you couldn't previously reach, to make bridges, etc., etc., etc. And it's a collectathon in there as well. Um, and then sort of like puzzles are very much start off simply like, oh, you're you're on this block here. You got to get over there. There's a gap of two spaces. You can only jump one space. So lay a block. Off you go. Jump away. You go. Fill in this area with blocks and it'll open up a path and then you can go to there, build more blocks up and you can go. And what it does, it's got a mechanic where you get a certain number of blocks that you can use throughout the level. 
Uh, but you could collect things that give you more blocks, etc., etc. So you might lay some blocks down to reach somewhere, but then find a way to have to go back and recover those blocks to use more to go elsewhere and, and so on. It's really, really creative with its puzzle structure and layout. Um, there's no time pressure, anything like that. It's just play and discover as much as you want. Um, there's... I'm on about level four at the moment of, of this game. And, and, you know, I, I can't remember. I think there's like seven, I think it said. And they are massive. You spend ages in these these massive levels. Um, and it, it's really, really good. Um, and you do get moments where you just kind of go stuck, stuck, stuck. Oh, that's what I'm meant to do. Um, which every good puzzle game should do. Where you have that moment of going, oh, I get it now. Um, and this has that, in, you know, plentiful. Um, and it's got really cute characters as well. I, I really love the Toggies, Togies, Toads. Um, someone tell me how to pronounce that. Bloody word. Um, and yeah, I, I just a really enjoyable pick up and play sandbox puzzle platformer um, that I hope doesn't go under the radar. Because there's a lot to like about it. And yeah, I, you know, I'm enjoying this. I'm going to sit down with Edith one day and play it with her as well. Because I think she'll really enjoy it. And yeah, just a lovely, charming game. Brilliant. Yeah, it looks really, really nice. I don't know why they've gone for that name though. Because that's awful. But that yeah. seems like the only awful thing about it. The rest of it looks absolutely fantastic. And I think I might have to pick that up. Because it's got a kind of Astrobot aesthetic to it without stealing the characters yeah. you know but it's got that lovely chunky but cut uh, core you know soft corners and, and primary color kind of a thing that uh, it reminds me a bit also do you remember elo milo oh yeah 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 i do reminds me a little bit of that by the way that was an underrated game and off yeah it was good that was brilliant i loved how much i find that was that on the psp no. no, that was on the uh, Xbox Live Arcade. I don't know if it's oh. on a PC release or anything. Yeah. I just remember, I know that the PSP had so many lovely, really attractive games that were very unique to the system until they got pilfered yeah. for other systems. But, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, this is, it reminds me, it's just the aesthetic, that little bit of Elo Milo. Um, nice. Which I say, it was a, a wonderful game. But yeah, this is really, really good. It's not completely like inaccessible in terms of like you will get stuck and like oh that's it i'm done because it's too frustrating it's it's it, it does this dangling of a carrot so so well really really does and uh, yeah i can't recommend it more in all fairness if you've got kids i would say if you've got anyone between the ages of, like five to ten sit down and play it with them because i think this is a great little family game to have where you can both work out what you're doing Sweet, yeah, seeing you know some high recommendations this week so far. Yeah, a, good, a Christmas game, I would say this would be perfect for Christmas Day. Nice, nice. Uh, if you've got anyone you've bought them a Steam Deck and you've got a dock for them, hook it up to the TV. Um, <laughs> you know, get a controller going with it, and off you go, off you go. Plus, also, you know, if you if you do that, then you don't have to like do any of the cooking or cleaning or tidying up because you oh no, I'm playing with the kids. Sort of thing. Well, don't listen, listen. Tip for everybody, right? You don't need to cook a roast dinner. You don't need to do it, right? Cheap out on the Christmas food. You don't need to spend 300 quid on, on Christmas food for one day. You know, treat the kids with it. Treat yourself with it. Don't waste food. 
Yep, no, I agree. Unless you actually plan to eat all the food, in which case, go for it. Yeah, if that's what you want to do, but don't feel you have to do it. Yes. Okay. No, I agree with that. Food is the least important part of Christmas. Um, But I do actually, I just want to speak about one thing, because I know we want to go fairly short, because you're... But for anyone listening, we're recording early today, right? I'm usually still asleep at this time of day. Uh, But Stu made me get up, so we could... Because he's got... It's Mel's birthday this week, and he's he's a good partner of doing things with her, you know. I know, right? You know, I know. That's what happens when you haven't got kids. You can do things like this. I can have fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't remember what that is. Um, uh, but, yeah. So, listen. When it comes to Christmas, right, I'm, I'm beginning to hear it already from the haves already, which is the... Your kids won't remember the presents you buy them. They just remember you being there. Yeah, that's all well and good, right? But to the haves, when you're telling the have-nots that this is an amazing new product, this is an amazing new product, your kids will love this, you've got to have this, you need that, you need that, you need that, that's brilliant, that's amazing. And you can't provide that for your kids. The kids just remember being disappointed that they can't get the things that other kids get. Um, So all this, and I'm going to call this... You can bleep this if you want. Bollocks. Um, the, the kids only remember the times you're there. Yeah, that's part of it. You know, what they're trying to say is, do you know what? Still work. That's what they Like, work for them. Work for those kids. So they remember the good you do for them. No, be there for them. Treat them as best you can. Like, if that means you, don't, you, you, know, you sometimes have to maybe scrimp a bit on your own food, um... Or maybe buy yourself a, you know, you might have to wear clothes for longer or your trainers might have to last longer, things like that. But you can put a smile on your kid's face. Trust me, they remember that. They remember that. Um, We, I will say this now, we have got to get the car sorted again. The brakes need doing. Um, It's just regular maintenance stuff. It's gone wrong, thankfully, for once. It's regular maintenance Um, with the MOT due next year. Um, and we've had to pay out money on that. Um, worst time of the year, obviously. But we're still taking Edith to watch the football on Sunday. Not Liverpool. Um, we're taking her to watch uh, Tottenham women versus West Ham women. But we've dressed it up for her as Coach Matt Beard, the Liverpool coach, wants Edith to go and do a scouting job ah. on West Ham and Tottenham for her. So we yeah. can, you know, because we can't get to any Liverpool games at the moment because the Christmas break's coming up. They've all been up at, uh, in Liverpool the last couple, so we can't get there. Um, so we're doing that. And that Matt Beard's given her a job to do. And, you know, that puts a smile on her face. Um, because it's like something we can do with her, but people will go, but you don't need to spend money you don't have on that. But yes, you do. You do. Your kids aren't there just to be ornaments. They aren't just there to sit in a living room while you're around with them, feeling like shit because you can't provide the stuff that society says you should provide, but then says, but, you know, if you go push too hard to provide it, you're also a bad parent. Um, yeah. Listen, at the end of the day, if your kids are smiling and you're and they're happy, no matter how you do that, you're doing well for yourself. Uh, I've had to tell myself this so many times over the past year or so, last couple of years with like COVID and the cost of living crisis and things are getting more and more difficult. You are a good parent. If your kids have a roof over their head in any fashion, right? I, I don't mean that in terms of you've got a, your own place. If you're in a shelter, and you've had to take your kids to a shelter because it's got too difficult. Um, 
if you're able to go to food bakes to get your kids food, you are a good parent. Um, you are not a bad parent, no matter how much society tells you that. Um, you know, I people will argue that I did not need to get Lucas a VR headset for his birthday with the help of other family members and things like that. Um, I do not have to get Edith an Xbox for, for, for Christmas or, or anything like that. Um, but me, me and Lorraine, we don't buy presents for each other. Um, we don't buy for uh, cousins, nieces, nephews, anything like that, friends, kids anymore. We decided and we said we're not doing that because we want to be able to provide for our kids and not have the pressure of providing for other people's kids at Christmas. Don't buy our kids anything. We don't want anything. We will do our kids and that's it. Um, and it allows you to do that. That's where the, I think the pressure needs to be taken off of people is what you've got to provide for other people. Just look after your own at times like this. Um, and I don't mean that in a selfish way either. We used to donate quite regularly to food banks. Uh, we'd buy a couple of other bits at shopping and stuff like that. Um, and again, this is where people go, but you bought a VR headset. <clears throat> we got Lucas's food for his birthday. This month last month probably into next month we can't afford to add bits to the food bank don't feel guilty over that because everyone is one bad month away from needing to visit a food bank themselves um not using a food bank when you don't have to is just as good as providing to the food bank um so if we can stave off us having to use a food bank that's just as good as us being able to provide for a food bank um so, listen, I know people are suffering. I know people will be feeling miserable about what they can and can't do for their kids. Put the kids first. Do what you can. And just their smile when they get something or or you, you do something for them that they love is worth everything. Um, and no matter what others say about what makes you a good and bad parent, no, ignore that. You know when you're a good parent by those kids. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. I completely agree. Life is difficult enough and you really should put your kids first because if you give them a happy childhood, they're so so much better set up for the rest of, of life and yeah. all the challenges that that, that, that brings. Um, and, you know, it is that thing of charity begins at home. You've, you've got to start with yourselves. If you're not in a good place, you and your kids, then you can't really help any other people properly um, but you know guilt is a terrible thing particularly in our society with it being so capitalist you always feel like you should be spending more and spending more on other people and and spending money on you know giving to charity so that you can look after people but you know try to to be kind to yourselves and put the blame where the blame lies which of course is on the government because it is always yeah. the government because we pay when you look at celebrities as well doing like comic relief and pudsy bear things or whatever going, oh, you, all you people at home, yes. make sure you're donating. Going, well, well. Yeah, I know, could not know. agree more. I could not agree more. It drives me and me, my wife absolutely spare. Doesn't matter yeah. how little, but make sure it's at least a fiver. Awful. It, awful. These things shouldn't have to exist. And there's a, you know, there's a good reason why they shouldn't exist. Head in vain put it spot on. They don't do charity in Germany. Yeah, yeah. The government have to deal with the it. Government do. Yeah, which is how it should be. But yes, no. I, I, yeah, on a on a on a the lighter side of the Christmas sort of thing is. Uh, yeah, if when I was a kid, I absolutely 
loved it. I, I was, you know, just like any kid, really. If you don't get the thing you're after, it is pretty sad because there's normally not really anything else that is a substitute. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't really want anything else. I just kind of want this thing. But, I mean, I, I do remember the great presents, but I, I do remember the the times themselves, uh, how much fun they are, how different they were, how out of the norm and, and closet yourself away from the world and just you live in a little magical land of telly and food and, <laughs> you know, staying in the house. Oh, it's just, it was brilliant. And, uh, yeah, I, was, I had a very lucky childhood. And uh, I do... I always look forward to Christmas for that reason because I remember how good it was and how nice you can make it for others. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the opposite for me. I, I've never enjoyed Christmas, but I do what I can to make sure my kids don't have the same experiences I do, which actually brings me to, like, not, this is not Brad's Christmas tip show. Um, something that's very, very important for anyone who might have a kid that's now two, three, four, you know, at that age where they're believing in, in Santa Claus and, and stuff like that, or 16, 17, 41, whatever. Um, listen, when it comes to presents, the expensive presents are not from Santa never make the expensive presents from Santa right let the kids know that it's you that done that even if you've got to say look mummy, mummy and daddy or mummy or daddy or, or you know whoever whatever situation you're in family wise we have we've got this for you it it cost us a lot or whatever we had to really struggle to get it and so like don't lay on guilt it's but go like this is from us not some magical being the little things so that could be, I don't know, maybe you buy your kid a, a games console. Maybe the game that goes with it is from Santa, not the console itself, okay? Because it's not magical. Because if you can't provide that the next year, why does Santa hate me, Daddy? Yeah, yeah. That's a really good you know, tip, what, what actually. What have I yeah. done wrong? Why have I upset Santa, Mummy? You don't want to do that. The little things are always from Santa. The big, expensive... Uh, what they call top tier presents that you will get, they're from you as parents. Yeah. Never change that. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good way of doing it. Uh, but yeah. But yeah. Um, enjoy your Christmases. I've just brought you all down to my level. Nice. Thanks, Bradley. It's always appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> I always get this. I always get these sort of like, ah, oh, you should get a humbug jumper. I went, no. The problem is with those humbug jumpers and stuff like that, and the hats that you can get, that suggests that you do actually like Christmas. I don't like Christmas, so don't make me wear that stuff. Even the stuff that says I don't like Christmas, because that's you going, oh, I do like it really. <laughs> no, no, I get it. I, I, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I really do enjoy Christmas because we, we kind of, we're in a position where we can do whatever we want as long as we're (laughs) as long as we're not working and unfortunately i'm working a lot this christmas um but normally i don't but yeah we are fortunate but i i kind of i like it when there are there are kids involved you know when i've got a nephew and i always i always kind of live vicariously through him and (laughs) what he gets and, and my nieces as well you know it's just uh yeah yeah but i can get it i get it that it's not for everybody it definitely not no that's it. That's why I, I mean I will always put up a facade for the kids and stuff like that because it's for them. Um, but boy, I can't wait till they're both grown up, moved out, and I could just ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair I'll have grandkids by then, won't I? Yeah, you'll probably be on your own. You'd be you little uh, you have your little Bob Cratchit doing stuff for you, and you'll be uh, the humbug king. 
Oh, Tidy Tim's got no legs. Oh, poor Tidy Tim. Tough. Exactly. Although I won't make people work because, you know, screw that. Nah. Don't work. No, nah, that's wrong. Only work if you want to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, not all get that. Not everybody gets that choice, sadly. But yeah. Hey, you can work down the mines again. Because they're bringing back the mines, the coal mines. I can't remember where that's happening, but Michael Gove is bringing back coal mines. Ugh, not a surprise. Oh, dear. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to shut up now, Stu. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be buying some coal to put in stockings for people's presents, as usual, you know. They're, if they're lucky, it might turn into a diamond. Yeah, you know, it's like... Uh... That's yeah, up but to then That's... Michael Gove and nick that off you. Yeah, no, true. But <laughs> other than that, yeah, Christmas is coming. Um, if you want to talk about Christmas or, you know, the, the difficulties around Christmas and the new year, because a lot of people do face them, then, you know, feel free to join our Discord group and talk about anything like that. People were very open and very honest and very happy to chat about anything, but even, you know, the difficulties of Christmas that not everybody will acknowledge. So, yeah, we're there for you if you need us and we'll be there over Christmas as usual. Other than that, follow us on all the socials and enjoy our content. And in the meantime, until next time, stay safe and stay sane.